there is high school and then real world. Do we think new dimensions unfurl? New spheres of existence when we go the distance and decide to give midlife a whirl? I'm Heidi Marks Morris, and I started teaching high school in 1995. Despite nominal retirement in 2015, I've been in the classroom ever since. I'm writing a book about what I've learned in my career because I want to help others experience the connections and joy that I have found in successful teaching. It's called Teaching Matters, and you can sign up for news of it at my website, MarksTeachingMatters.com. Decades ago, when I began teaching, a colleague of mine made a, made a remark that has stuck with me ever since. She was talking about particularly trying students and how difficult it can be to motivate them and not lose one's patience as a teacher. And she decided to give me some advice, as she was wont to do. And she said, when you are having a hard time being patient with a kid, imagine yourself as a patient and they're the dentist. When they fire up that drill, do you want to see a glint in their eye? <laughs> and of course, we got a good chuckle out of that. And of course, I didn't fully grasp what she was saying. In fact, I easily discounted her wisdom for these reasons. First, I am a literalist. So when she said, imagine one of your students as a dentist, I did a quick mental poll of my students and realized the odds of any of them becoming a dentist were remote to the point of absurdity. And secondly, if any of them were to become a dentist, it would be decades down the road and none of them hated me badly enough to hold a grudge for that long. And thirdly, I have really good enamel, so my teeth don't need to be drilled and I have no fear of any dentist. There you have it. And I was able to disregard her advice about possible future dentists in my class and merrily continue along my road of teaching teenagers English with the perspective of I'm teaching teenagers English. This is somewhat ironic because it was roughly around this same time when I had two sisters in high school, myself, younger sisters, and both of them were eager beyond all reason to get out of high school. It made them insane dealing with all of the absurdity of teenage drama and bureaucracy and ridiculous rules and all of the frustrations of teenage life and they wanted out of high school. I, as a high school teacher, took that disdain for high school somewhat more personally than perhaps was merited and did my best to defend high school as an institution and tried to persuade them that 
there is a lot of value in classes taught in high school. Many things were there to be learned that could benefit them through life and so forth. And they weren't having it. That is not what their goal was. There was plenty to be learned in college, they insisted, where they could choose not only what they took, but when they took it. They didn't have to go to seven classes, one after the other, with bells ringing. That was not nirvana itself. Well, I said, feeling myself quite the sage, who do you think is going to college? Who populates the rest of the world? You know who it is? Ex-high schoolers. You don't escape them. By leaving high school, you will spend the rest of your life being neighbors with people who used to be in high school. You will work with people who used to be in high school. They're going to be your bosses. They're going to be people you interact with. And their response to that was, but I don't have to be locked up with them in the same building hours every day. I can choose my associations with much more freedom as soon as I am out of high school. Now, on the one hand, my colleague who counseled me to consider high schoolers in the real world was giving me advice completely beyond my grasp, even as I was giving essentially the same advice in different guise to my younger siblings. Both of them, by the way, did graduate early from high school and have never regretted it. They have sallied forth in life, glad to have washed their hands of the institution. But as I have persisted in teaching high school, and both realities began to unfold simultaneously, both the real world full of ex-high schoolers and the high school world full of high schoolers, and I began to see more and more overlap and connections between the two, I realized I had a lot to learn from my colleague's advice about the future dentist that you may have could be one of those students in your classroom, so treat them well. Having now been a high school teacher for more than 20 years, I have former students who have served me in a variety of professional capacities. None of them has been my dentist, although I do have a former student who is a dentist. I have had my teeth cleaned by dental hygienists who were once in my class, too, in fact. I have rented heavy equipment from a former student. I have gone to movie theaters managed by my former students. I have bought clothing from former students who are now their own clothing designers and seamstresses. I have had web design advice and computer security advice from students who now pursue those fields. And the list goes on and on. You never know when the guy who shows up to pour your concrete 
might be a former student. And I have ha had real cause to reflect on that dentist chair image and realize that, no, it doesn't just have to be about dentists. The world is full of people whose paths we have crossed before. How do we want them to remember us when we chance to cross them again? That is worth considering. I had very, very little understanding of the fact that the students in my freshman English class would be the parents sitting across from me in parent-teacher conferences in 20 years. That is kind of a bizarre thing. They, in that role, seem more adult to me than I do. I've never raised a child, and how am I to know better than they what their students should and should not be doing to succeed? And thinking about students as adults makes you take much more seriously your responsibility to teach them not only your subject, but human behavior, kindness and patience and diligence and honesty, because that's who you're going to be sharing the world with. I had a principal at one of the schools I taught at in the recent past who was in charge of discipline. And after I had sent a young man down to his office, needing that kid out of my classroom so that I could teach, I went and had a conference with my assistant principal. And he said, first of all, I was completely right. That child could not behave in the way that he was behaving and be a part of a productive class. But he also talked about how when he works with a kid, he's not trying to solve the problem of a disrupted classroom, but of a disrupted society. Look at that kid and see him 10 years down the road and think, what can we do now to affect that future in a positive way? And punishment is not the answer to building a better adult. Of course, it is part of the picture of shaping behavior and guiding people to where they might need to be. But I just want rid of him is a very short-term solution. I had cause to reflect on this again this week. In this land of distance learning, we are now in hybrid at my school, which means every student in my class has the opportunity to come to my classroom two days a week. We run a four-day school week, so there's no school at all on Friday. So a student might be there Monday, Wednesday, or Tuesday, Thursday. However, there are a handful of students whom Although I see them every day on my screen, I never see in a chair in my classroom. And I had occasion to be in a 
conference, a Google Meet conference with this child's mother last week. And I asked, why do I never see your daughter in my class? And it's kind of a bold question. The issues might be transportation, they might be health sensitivity, they might be any of a number of topics that the mother didn't want to discuss. But I was curious because it seemed that there was no impediment to this child's attending. And the mother leaned into the camera and said, I don't know why. She's just more comfortable at school and I can't make her go because there's no consequence for non-attendance. She's counted as present when she attends virtually and she's a really good student. She's performing all of the tasks that a student is expected to do, completing assignments, showing up, turning things in, but oh, is it so much more comfortable to do that in pajamas with snacks nearby in a house free from all of the irritating distractions of high school. And I heard echoes of my sisters wanting to be done with high school. Well, here is a student who has the best of both worlds. She gets to do high school on her terms, get the credits, get out of high school with a diploma, but not have to deal with the unpleasantries, whatever they may be in her opinion. Mom asked me, maybe you can convince her. Oh, I was sure that I could. I wrote an email to this young lady who has aspirations of becoming a doctor or at least a medical professional herself. And I posed this question to her. Mercedes, I asked, that's her name in my Spanish class, not her real name. Would you want your doctor to be the doctor who had done the least possible work to get through med school? Would you want your nurse to be a person who did whatever was most comfortable for them? Think about your future patients. What kind of nurse or doctor or physical therapist do they deserve? Do they expect? What sort of person are you going to be when you are that medical professional? I submit to you it's going to be the person you are choosing to create right now. I thought that was very sage counsel, very wise advice. And she apparently was unmoved by it. I still have not seen her in my classroom. She has still continued to perfunctorily complete and submit each of the assignments I give her. But she and I both know she's not really learning very much without the active engagement that she would get in a foreign language classroom as opposed to the virtual realm of completing assignments online. The real world is real when the consequences are real, when the decisions are your own and those responsibilities and liberties are balanced against them with yourself in the middle. I understand that high school is not 
the real world because both of those things are in suspended animation to some degree, both the autonomy of a high schooler and the consequences of the decisions they make are held somewhat in abeyance. But we shape those future humans as teachers and they become the parents, the neighbors, the dentists, and all of the other people in the world. Helping students to see that is also my job. They're only teenagers. They only know a life of short-term effects, of short-term decisions. And it is up to me to help make those long-term decisions a matter of immediate import to them.